And thanks for listening to Watching Machine. In the last episode, Khaled and I discussed the TV show The Walking Dead, exploring group dynamics. Here's a clip of one conversation we had that didn't make the cut, where we talk about learning curves, useful hobbies, and the ideal team to assemble for a zombie fight. As the show progresses, the groups are naturally getting bigger and that's how they end up forming those communities mm. that have names and then they have you know, their, their leaders because they meet other small groups along the way. They join forces just like we saw with Rick and Herschel in season two and they just gradually grow bigger. And one thing that I actually found interesting is actually some point after they leave the prison, so Rick's group leave the prison and they bump into another group And they're slightly behind on the learning curve, but they've picked up more or less the same tactics or similar tactics in terms of how to fend off the zombies, how, where to find food, how to, you yeah. know, basic survival tactics. And later we meet groups that are a bit more ahead. So especially when they bump into Jesus and he goes, you guys have no idea. I love that guy. Oh my God, he's so cool. <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, um, and he's like, you guys have no idea what you know yeah. what else is out there. And he shows them, you know, the hilltop, and he and then they later meet, you know, the they go to the kingdom. So and they see these communities that are like thriving even more than Alexandria. Like we thought Alexandria was great, and then yeah. these are guys are even more advanced. Yeah. Um, And it just kind of something that like constantly, uh, you know, came to my mind and constantly questioning that we've also seen this throughout history. So like the Mayans, the Incas, mm. the Aztecs, they, you know, if you go to any museum, you see the, the progression and the kind of logic that they follow and that they've all kind of figured up, figured out the same stuff at different locations at different times. Yeah. And we see this in The Walking Dead. So, you know, the question is, Are we programmed as humans to somehow arrive at certain conclusions? Like, are we meant to figure out how to survive, make food, trade with each other? Is that just the human condition in terms of how we live? Short answer, yes. <laughs> yes, because we are, I mean, some philosophers or whatever, they, they say we're social animals, right? Uh, we are social by design. We crave human interaction by design. Um, we seek people to talk to, to love, to, you know, to have fun with, uh, to cry with, you know, have a different set of emotions. Like uh, human beings are emotionally dependent, <laughs> you know, they, they love to share emotions with other people. They, you know, when you're happy, you want to share your happiness with the person you love. When you're sad, you want to share your sadness with somebody so they can help you through it, you know. And so on. And when you're afraid, you go to somebody you trust and you feel they can protect you. You know, so it's always going to somebody. It's always seeking somebody. So absolutely, we we are social beings at heart and by design, and we crave human interaction. Uh, and that has been the source of our evolution uh, since the dawn of time, since human beings, you know, came to existence through evolution, whatever other means, depending on whatever you believe in. Um, and as you rightly said, throughout civilizations, it was... It wasn't only the civilization itself and how it progressed that made it reach whatever it reached. It was the civilization's expansion that allowed it to reach greater heights. And if it weren't for that expansion, uh, it, would, it would never reach whatever it reached. 
And when I say expansion, they were conquering other people or some other people were willingly joining them because of their power. Um, and when other people join them, there's learnings and there's science and there's culture and there's all sorts of things that are that are that is merged into that, right? And when that comes into play, then that civilization grows even more. And and I felt it was brilliant how, you know, we saw the kingdom how they were like the the farmers, right? Uh, the hilltop didn't do much really. <laughs> I don't. I can't. They had they had a bit of everything, but the kingdom had. Um more brawn so they had more yeah. of the military strength they did do some farming but they yeah. had more military strength True. the hilltop were more of like again food and things like that but they weren't strong as yeah. like they didn't have the strength in which is why their leader was such a coward most of the time because he didn't have anything to fight like he was completely helpless you know so he had to give everything and that's why they were so controlling of him you know um but yeah different different communities had different capabilities and skill sets and when those were brought together they strengthened teams even further it was when it was only when and you saw that it was only when they united and when all of these peoples came together is when they were able to defeat an enemy like negan because he was so powerful it was so well established but you needed people to come together and their skills to come together for you to be able to defeat an enemy like that. Sometimes when I think about the plausibility of a zombie apocalypse, like, okay, I know they're not real, but you never know. Okay, so let's just assume that, you know, something like this could happen. Or, you know, forget zombies. Um, there's another show where there's a scenario where electricity ceases to work. Mm. So that's actually a lot more practical i think in terms of forget the zombies because yeah. we already established that really the walking dead yes the zombies are there but people are fighting people and with this other show it's uh, no electricity so again you're going back to your primitive times your uh, you know you're relying on hardcore skills that, that actually generate something so it's not just brain smarts computers rely on electricity yeah and those don't exist so you know and that goes for actually most high earning jobs these days yeah finance um it uh, marketing most business jobs um and the more practical ones are things like you know uh, medicine engineering farming or agriculture teachers nurses and so on when I think about myself and the skills that I have to offer to a group, yeah. I honestly realize that I don't really have any. I'm not sure what I would have. Maybe like Carol. Like Carol didn't really have any anything. Well, she could cook and I can't do that either. Mm. So I, sometimes I think like, is it worth investing in some real world skills? Like just in case the worst case scenario happens, is it worth investing in your in your opinion? It's worth investing, not necessarily because something like that could happen, and it could very well happen. I'm not talking about zombies. I think that's a very, very, you know, far-fetched possibility. But like you said, lack of electricity or the closest thing to reality that could happen is war. And yes, in situations like this, it helps a lot to know how to fend if you're capable of fending for yourself or having any kind of skill to contribute. Because if you can't contribute in any way, shape, or form to that community, then you're dispensable. And if you're dispensable, then in the wrong hands, you're pretty much dead. They'll just literally look in the eye and say, you're just consuming food. 
uh, a very very vital resource to the community you're not delivering on anything you're not doing anything so either make yourself useful or go you know um so so yeah but in the sense let's let's go back to the modern and realistic world let's say none of this is happening it would also give you a sense of fulfillment you know if you know how to do something well having a, a positive you know productive kind of skill uh, even though you might use it just for yourself and for your own self-pleasure and enjoyment uh, is is fulfilling and and it helps you psychologically right so so it does have a benefit it's not like completely useless where you learn it and you just put it in the closet somewhere you close a box you close it in a box and like you only open it if you need it um, no you could actually use it for for your own good okay if you were in the zombie apocalypse what kind of group uh, would you want like what kind of people would you want in your team or group hmm uh, well, I think throughout what we've been talking about, I mentioned some points there. So, I would I would look for uh, skills, obviously. So, it would be important to have somebody who's a doctor, for example, like I said, you know, somebody who's an engineer or has has some kind of such a skill, you know, to be able to build stuff, to be able to fix things, you know, a mechanic of sorts. Maybe somebody with a combination of one of these who could be able to do that. Because, again, like if a car breaks down, for example. I have no idea what to do, <laughs> you know. I could be physically fit. I could be everything. I could be a good leader. But if I don't know how to fix this car, we're going to walk for miles and miles and miles. We'll be subject to lots of danger. We won't find food and so on. And then we're doomed, you know, all because we simply didn't have anybody with us who knew how to fix a car uh, or, or kickstart a car or whatever. So, uh, so I think that's very, very important. So having a combination of people that have certain skill sets that are important to survive within that environment is absolutely critical, I think, to me. Um, somebody to hunt like Daryl, you know. Well, hunting, maybe you can learn it a bit easier. But you live in Dubai, so... Ooh, okay, the heat will kill you first. <laughs> Before the zombies. Before the zombies, because I'm assuming all power will eventually stop. Your power plants would not operate anymore. Uh, so you'll have a bigger problem than just zombies. You have to cope with the heat first. Uh, that will kill you first, probably, because or you have to revert to some life and way of life that keeps you cool somehow. Um, so I think Dubai is unlikely an unlikely place for people to survive in simply because of the heat. Um, but let's put that aside and let's say the heat is not there. Um, again, I would stick with the same type of people. Hunting maybe is not going to be an issue. You'll rely on the multitudes of supermarkets that are there and so on. But you need somebody good with farming, for sure. Or somebody who knows how to handle farming. Um, because ultimately, you're going to have to farm to be to survive. You can't always rely on packed food and, and, and all of those things. Because you can't always find them. They'll eventually run out. Uh, they'll have expiry dates and so on. You'll have to farm to survive. So maybe someone with a good garden in their backyard? Yeah. Yeah. At least somebody who knows how to plant something, water it, and, and, and help it grow. Again, not a very unique skill. Like not something that a lot of people or most people don't have. A lot of people know the basics of gardening at least. Um, but when it comes to actual food produce, you know. Uh, it, I have it's no another. skills in gardening. Yeah, I may, have, I have, may have some because I've had a backyard at some point in my life and I've planted a few things here and there. Uh, but, but planting anything is different from planting food, I would assume, I guess. And depending on what the kind of food, you have to take care of it in a certain way without killing the crops. 
it's the lighting that, that, that they're exposed to, the temperature, the water that they need to have, all of those things, you need to know what you're doing to be able to, to have the right crops and, and for them to come out properly. So uh, so somebody with that skill is absolutely important. So basically relying on people with such skills, but also making sure that they learn from each other in case somebody dies or goes away or whatever, somebody else can take over. So we're not completely reliant and dependent on one person. Would you be the leader of your group or would you hand that leadership over to someone else and just be a contributor? I would lead if nobody else steps up to it. Okay. Or if I feel that somebody is making uh, horrible decisions uh, on behalf of the group, then I would actively try to at least show them that they're making wrong decisions. And if they don't listen, then I'll, I'll step it up a little bit more using the power of the group. So getting people on my side and, and, and having them you know, collectively work with me on countering that other person. I don't necessarily, I think leadership is, a lot of people will be like, yeah, yeah, I want to be president. Yeah, I want to be a leader. Uh, it comes with a huge set of responsibilities. Literally every life, and in these situations, the people's lives you know, are at stake here. They're in your hands. Uh, it's the equivalent of a president in this world, in today's world, sending an army to, to their death or whatever to fight. You know, Their lives is, are in your hands. You would make that decision for them to go to war. A lot of them are going to die. And it's it's your decision to do that. So leadership is is not something to be taken lightly at all. Huge responsibility, which is something that I, you know, I welcome it if if I have to do it. But I don't necessarily crave it or want it. I don't want the power. I don't want the responsibility. It's too stressful. It's, it weighs in on you. You can't. You won't have a normal life at all. At all. Um, but if I feel like the survival of the group, myself included, is in danger because of some of either lack of leadership or somebody's making lots of wrong decisions, then I will step up. I will not stand by and watch. So there you have it. After that conversation, I did consider changing up my workouts from just yoga if I want to stand a chance at surviving a zombie apocalypse. And as for hobbies, well... If I was to take up anything new, that would mean less time to watch TV shows. So I think I'll stick to my current routine. The next episode is the last one of the season, just in time for Valentine's Day and the end of Droughtlander. Yes, we are going to talk about the best love story on television right now, Outlander. If you haven't watched it, you're in luck. All four seasons are on Netflix. They're absolutely amazing, so start watching now. That's your homework for this week. Thanks for listening.